Okay, first things first, I need to get a photo for the gram. Are we all going for the... Oh, I don't have any mugs. No. <laughs> I mean, you're a mug already, so it's fine. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no face, no case. Okay, three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 56 of The Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Conway. And I'm your other host, Hamish. And today, for episode 56, we're joined by Krishna. Krishna is someone who I haven't actually... Well, I don't think I've met before. I'm pretty sure we haven't, but a friend of Hamish is from Warwick. Krishna, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Krishna. I am 22, and I am currently studying at the University of Warwick doing liberal arts. Liberal arts? Yeah. What is liberal <laughs> arts? <laughs> it's quite a niche degree. It's basically based off of the American system where you have like a major and a minor. So you have a set of cores, which are either humanities or sociology or whatever. And then you have optionals, which can be from any degree stream, so long as the department allows you to take them and they make sense. So you essentially end up with a degree in liberal arts with a specialty in so-and-so. Okay, cool. And I can also say that might have been the smoothest intro we've had. (laughs) (laughs) Raw, you're sending for 55 guests in one go. (laughs) Nah, nah, nah. It's because everyone was like, oh, I don't know what to say about myself. But you like came like straight to the point. <laughs> I thought it was like, cool. Yeah. But yeah, you two know each other, I think. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Hindu sock? I think it was Hindu sock because I don't understand how our circles would have met otherwise, if that makes sense. It should have been Hindu sock. It probably was Hindu sock. I just can't remember when. I feel like it was one of the debates, but I really don't remember. Two years ago? Two years ago. Yeah. But yeah, Warwick, we've spoken a lot about Warwick. I think most of our guests <laughs> are from Warwick. Are you still at Warwick? Yeah, I am. How is it? Are you at work like right now? Yeah, I'm in my flat, what, my house right now. How is it all like operating with uh, COVID and everything? So last they said they were going to do a mixture of face-to-face and online teaching. So they were going to do all of the lectures pre-recorded and then the seminars face-to-face. But the SU released a petition to try and move it all online without actually consulting any of the students. So I don't actually know what's happening anymore. (laughs) No one knows what the SU are up to. The thing is, yeah, so one of the pages I follow at Warwick, yeah, so Rolf the campus cat, yeah, Rolf at Warwick or whatever you want to call him. The professor that is basically his campus mom, like Dr. Claudia, she basically, because she was pre-recording her lecture, she said it on like a Twitter and she was obviously had Rolf alongside. So I was like, oh, right, well, they have to do pre-recorded lectures. So you can't even, if someone had to ask a question, it's over for them in the lecture. Like there's nothing they can do. Yeah. I, as much as I understand why they want to move it all online, I'm not happy about it but also kind of needs to be done. Is that because of like, you're kind of losing the university experience, I yeah. guess, if you just, everything's online and you're still paying, as far as I'm aware, like fees are still exactly the same, right? Everything's still exactly the same for online learning. I mostly just feel sad for the first year because they have to stay in the housing bubble. They literally can't go anywhere and they can't have people from outside. So if they hit their flat, they're a bit stuck. Yeah, I was thinking this because we just released an episode, which was more mostly like, oh, Fresher's guide to uni and like to Warwick and all that. When I was like listening back to it, I was kind of like, yeah, this is all irrelevant. Like, they can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> they can't do any of this. Imagine, though, being a fresher, going to uni, yeah. So many people probably go to uni thinking, like, oh, it's like a party kind of thing. And then now they're just going to go and, like, can't do The anything. thing is, though, I think my brother, whilst he's gone to uni now, so he's at Brunel, I'm pretty sure, like, Mason, when I spoke to him, like, they're still socializing as a flat. So basically, obviously, the bubble's just going to be, like, I guess, all of their dorms. But they are socializing cross-flat. But I saw something on a page somewhere that someone at Warwick got fined for going to another kitchen and asking for a favour. Yeah, because they weren't wearing their masks. Because the way the bubbles are working at Warwick is that it's per flat. So if your horse has like two flats on one floor, you're not allowed to socialise with the other flat. You have to stay in your flat. And you can't, you don't have to wear a mask to go to your kitchen, but you have to wear a mask to go to another kitchen, I think, or something like that. Right, that's, this is all too bad. <laughs> yeah, that's mad. How much did they get fined, do you know? £150. Yeah. <laughs> Student finance hasn't even dropped yet. That's, that's peak for, for whoever I, that was. I saw yes, people saying, don't pay it, yeah. But then people were just telling them, no, you're going to need to pay it, otherwise they won't let you graduate. <laughs> and I don't think people understood, like, people with library fines can't graduate. I mean, one of my friends has just moved on to a master's degree, like at work, he's doing a BA before. He has a fine from, like, first year for his library and from his halls, and he just never paid it. So he graduated from his BA and then moved on to his master's. Wait. Did you say people, Hamish, people with library fines yeah, can't, can't graduate? It says that on your thing. If you have out, any outstanding fines, including library fines, you can't graduate. Oh, that's just not true. My friend has entirely graduated. He's moving on to his Fake now. news, mate. Man, it says that in the terms and conditions as well. That just sounds But stupid, if you don't pay the like, library fine, I feel like you're just as stupid anyways, right? Surely. Yeah, yeah. But what if it's like one quid, you know? They're not going to let you graduate over one quid. Yeah, but... You pay 9k a year. I guess it's like the... The concept, right? Like, if you let one person do it, then you have to let 100 people do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I get the point. Like, pay your library fines and all that. 
or just don't be in that position anyway but they kind of actually block people from graduating because there's going to be like 60 percent of the union not going to have paid their fines yet or just paid not paid their fines at all i'm actually curious i need to go find these statistics because i've read up like other places i've definitely not graduated the students because of it oh. there's like a youtuber as well that hasn't actually got the degree because they didn't pay their fine these must be some dead universities man. <laughs> like bro you're hating on them aaron some hierarchy thing i'm not hating on them say no more in it i'm i'm, I'm low-key judging them for this rule <laughs> so yeah warwick i know there's a society in particular uh we're going to talk about but like any other like kind of societies and stuff you've involved in uh, I did Hindu thought for like a year and I was on committee for that, which was good. It was really fun. But after that year, when I joined the new society, the new society took priority because everything just clashed with Hindu thought. Yeah. What are you on the um, exec with for Hindu thought? I was um, fundraising. Okay. Or cool. coordinators, like fundraising and volunteering. Uh, yeah. yeah. We, we had, wait, we've had, have we had three Hindu socks? Uh, yeah. I don't know how this has happened, but we've had three of them now. Who was the one? You had Joe oh, and who was the... Liana. Liana. Yeah, she helped me yeah. do my application and my speech. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. So uh, tell us a bit about the what you call the new society that you're involved in. So the new society I'm part of is Warwick Marrow. And Warwick Marrow is basically like a student-led branch of a charity called, called Anthony Nolan. And that's a nationwide charity which finds life-saving stem cell matches for people who have some form of a blood cancer or blood disorder. So that's things like leukemia, apastic anemia, and things like that. So what Warwick Marrow do, because there's about 60 marrow groups around the UK and Northern Ireland, is we sign people up to the Stemcell Register. Yeah, and I guess that wouldn't know the process. How simple is the process to it's get yourself set up? It's about, so they change it this year, but normally it's about a five-minute form and then a 30-second cheat swab, and then you just put it in an envelope and it gets sent off, and that's it. And what is it now as a result? It's sort of the same, but it's all online now. Okay. So you just like scan a code and then fill the form in online instead of having a physical form because of COVID. Yeah. And one of the, I guess, the things to point out around this is that a lot of people probably don't sign up to this even when they can. And it's not pretty much anything deep. So like one of the things, that I guess, one of the previous people that have come on have also mentioned this, the kid called Veer. And one of the issues, I guess, is that there's not enough ethnic minority Donate, wait, donators? Don People on the register. Donors. Okay, yeah. on the register. Yeah, so the stats are something like, if you're from a Caucasian background, you have a 69% chance of finding a match. However, if you're from an ethnic minority, that number drops to just 20%. So there's him and there's quite a few others. And there's a new one which has just come out of a girl who's a mixed race. So she's half Indian, I think she's half Caucasian, so she can't find a match either. And one of the questions, I guess, because donor can sometimes be a scary word to some people. So like, in terms of, what they would have to donate like what would they have to donate like i know one case i guess is like they just kind of extract certain cells from a specific part i think like on top of your hip or something there, that's one of the methods that happens yep. less often okay. so the donation can happen with two methods so it can either be done via a blood transfusion so it's kind of just like if you're giving blood you just sit there it takes about four hours the blood is taken out of one arm stem cells are filtered out blood goes back into the other arm and you just sit there, like I said, bring a friend, watch a film, whatever. You feel fluey for a few days afterwards, but that's about it. And that happens most of the time. So like 90% of the time it's that, and that happens one in 100 times. The other 10% of the time it's the injection into the hip, which is what you were saying, which is under general anesthetic, so you're asleep. They just put an injection into your hip, takes about half an hour. You wake up, feel achy, like you've worked too hard at the gym for a few days, and you spend a night in hospital, and that's about it. And just to clarify for people who don't know, what is a stem cell or what are stem cells? They are cells that can basically become anything else that is required. They don't have a role. They don't have a defined role, basically. So they can mold into whatever is needed. Yeah, I've, I've got research. <laughs> they can develop into red blood cells that carry oxygen through the body. They can develop into white blood cells that fight infections. And platelets? Platelets. Platelet. Oh, fuck. Yes, the Platelets. cool Aaron out again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the pronunciation was so simple as that. Platelets. Platelets that help with uh, blood clotting. Yeah. So yeah, they're multi, multifunctional. Yes, and on that note, if you haven't already, pause the episode, quickly go to the description, sign yourself up. If you, as long as you, I guess, have no outstanding medical issues or so. So if you're not signed up, go sign up. I know, and I know majority of our audience is actually from ethnic minorities. So go fucking sign up right now and then continue with the episode. We're waiting for you. Do you know when you, I remember when I got my driving license, one of the like questions was like, you know, if you die, what do you want to donate? 
And I just like ticked everything. Oh, right. Like, yeah. So basically, yeah, sure. like if you're going to a serious accident or anything, usually you're signed up by the NHS anyways. Because any of your organs, like say you're pretty much dead, any of your organs that are still um, like in really healthy condition or in good condition to be transplanted, they're just transplanted to any one of the people who actually needed a donation who is on the like list. Yeah. So you're automatically an organ donor when you, beca- when you take your driving test and you send in the form and everything. Yeah. So did you like accept all those stuff? I don't know, I think I would have, but then obviously I currently can't be anyway, so... Because I know a lot of people like, I don't know, I think at, at the time my mom was like, oh, what, do you really want to like donate your eyes? And I was like, yeah, why do I need them? <laughs> yeah, I was scared of it as a kid because it's kind of a scary thing. I thought they could just take it at any point they needed it. Like, I didn't understand that. It was only when you were like killed or anything. When you're a kid, yeah, you don't... What do you mean? So like when I was a kid, I understood to be a donor, that means anytime someone needs something and because you obviously have, for example, you have two kidneys, they could take one. And then you could carry yeah. on living, but that means you can't play contact sports, etc. But then I found out it was only when you're in, like I guess, critical condition slash basically passing away. I did. I didn't know, Krishna. So you said blood when you like donate blood. That's like a four hour thing. Uh, I don't know how long it takes to actually donate blood. I just know that it takes four hours to take the stem cell donation from the blood. This okay. is not a normal blood donation, but they, it goes into this machine, filters out the certain cells, and then it goes back into you. So. The other one is where you're just literally right. donating straight up blood out of you. And that one's a yeah, lot faster because yeah. you're not doing anything or putting it back in your body. Okay, okay, cool. I haven't done any like kind of donation stuff like that. But I remember when I was in America, they were giving the San Jose Sharks, which is the ice hockey team close to me, they were giving out free tickets to a game if you went and donated blood. Uh, so I tried to sign up. I was just too late. Or at least I couldn't for that offer anyway. That's a good strategy. They're just literally drawing like a packet of blood or so. I don't know how much the exact quantity is, but it depends on how much you're donating as well because there's different amounts. Would you sign up? Have you signed up to Warwick Marrow? Are you signing up right now? I, I signed up in a period where we told people to stop the episode and do it. Okay, good job, Aaron. <laughs> See? <laughs> um, a few things where uh, you mentioned there, Krishna. So there was one Anthony Nolan. Yeah. Like, so I guess the first question, like, who is Anthony Nolan? So Anthony Nolan is a is a charity that was set up by a little a little boy's mum to try and find him a stem cell match. So it was basically just, she set up to try and get people to join the stem cell register to try and find him a match. And unfortunately, he didn't find a match and he passed away. But his mum kept the charity going and named it after her son and he just sort of became a legacy. And Marrow, so it's called Warwick Marrow. We asked, like, Hamish asked, like, what is stem cells? What is Marrow? Marrow is where the stem cells are taken from. Okay, this is a bit of a biology lesson. <laughs> As you can see, me and Aaron definitely didn't do well in that subject. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. I had an A uh, in that, actually. So, <laughs> no, Luckily, I do have a definition. <laughs> so I just got it. Bone marrow is the spongy tissue inside some of your bones, such as your hip and thigh bones. It contains stem cells. And then the stem cells can develop into red blood cells and everything I said earlier. But yeah, that's cool. How, how is... Um, so you said this process has changed. To online plus a tube that they send afterwards. Yeah, yeah, with COVID. Yeah. Does COVID affect, like, if somebody's got COVID, can they still donate? No. If somebody's had COVID and all that? If they've had, as far as I'm aware, if they've had COVID and they've passed the isolation period, then they can donate. But usually, if you do get called up to donate, they'll do, like, a COVID test and they'll do blood tests and they'll tell you whether you can or can't donate at the time. Yeah. Also, it's harder to get, I guess, registrations right now because usually I, I know that they were very a big thing on campus in person, getting people to sign the form, do the test right there. That's it. Yeah. But right now, it must be quite difficult to just... I don't know if you bombard society, Zoom calls or something now, or what uh, We tried bombarding some societies. It didn't work as well. But we literally just had to, had to rely on social media. So our pubs and comms have had to do so much work like the last six months just making new promo for us to post. Because we've got an online link that people can use to sign up, which basically counts towards Warwick Marrow. So we've just been posting that everywhere on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, and making those a new promo to put out everywhere. And I think we tried to get into the newspapers for a bit of time, but I don't think it worked very well. But it's really hard because the good thing about doing all of these face-to-face events is that you can actually sort of make an emotional connection with the person because you can see them talking about it and see that it's important to them. So like a lot more people are more likely to listen if they can see why you are like talking in person, basically. Like we had a lockdown live savings challenge, which was just trying to get loads of numbers, like loads of people to sign up online. And I think we've got like 30 something in the last six months, which isn't bad, quite good. 
I think we made like the top five in the end, like all of the UK Marrow groups. But yeah, it's quite hard. We had like a week of conferences, which just ended yesterday, about trying to run online events and like online training events and online donor recruitment and online fundraising events. So hopefully we're more prepared now for when term actually starts. Um, yeah, one thing, when you said newspapers, do you mean like the board or do you mean like actual newspapers? Actual newspapers. So okay. we have used them for like all of like the local newspapers in like Coventry and Lem to like post basically who we are. But it's quite hard because they don't listen or they don't respond. Also, I know Aaron was getting ready saying that we're not calling the board a newspaper. I saw that look yeah, on his yeah. face. I, was I like, saw it on disrespect his... for the board. <laughs> yeah, we haven't posted anything on the board. They're probably more likely to be happy to do it right surely you say that but i think we tried getting something on there and it didn't really work oh. <laughs> right any any people at the board listening you know get some stuff in there mention a third wheel while you're at it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do you get people to what kind of events do you guys run like i guess non like forget covid for a bit last year what kind of events were you running to try and get people like signed up so we do like say that we obviously we do the donor recruitment events, we do socials and we do fundraising. But with the donor recruitment events, we would hold events on campus, um, like every other week, sometimes every week, in like the SU and the Oculus. And then some of the time we would rotate around all of the buildings. So we were in the math department for a bit. We were in Gibbet Hill for a bit. So we go to Gibbet Hill during reading week. And then we have like a week of events sometimes. So we have like sports week where we would go to a different sports stop or a different set of sports stop every day. And then we'd have BAME week where we'd go to like Hindu Sock, ASOC, Punjabi Sock and all of those for like the week. So it's just loads of on-campus events rotating around like the main student build places. Yeah. And then speaking to people, like when you're speaking to someone and trying to get them to sign up and everything, what's like the most common, I guess, problem you face? Like what's the most common thing that people say like, nah, I don't want to do it? It's literally just, so sometimes we like try and guilt them into it by saying, hey, do you want to save a life? And then every so often someone's like, no, and then right. walk off. Right. Otherwise, it's people saying, oh, sorry, I've got to go to a lecture or sorry, I can't or sorry, I don't want to. But yeah, because we have to approach people a lot of the time, like walk up to them and say, hey, have you heard of Warwick Marrow? Or hey, have you heard of Anthony Nolan? They can just as easily walk off and completely ignore you, which is hard. But every one person that signs up from our approach is still one other person. So it's not that bad. And you get used to the rejection after a while. I think at societies, well, it looks like at societies it's a lot better, right? Because I remember that one time you lot came to Hindu. So I think you did it like multiple years in a row, but you you may not have been there for the previous years, obviously. But I remember that there just being a bunch of people signing up, just literally right there and then like no questions asked yeah. or anything. And it was like, I was like, oh shit, that's a pretty that's a pretty good approach instead of just. I'm not sure if standing like for example, is it the piazza? I don't know. What it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, is more effective than go jumping at societies. Like, so the piazza is like useful for like freshers who are coming and who haven't actually heard of us before, or just people who have been considering it for a while and actually now have someone they can ask about it. But the difference that we use with societies is that we actually go to the society events and then do a presentation, and then we just bring all of the supplies with us, which I guess kind of feels like some of them because like there's one person talking, it's just easier like that. But the piazza works and the SU works quite well. Just the societies work quite well as well because it's a presentation. So it's like a one-on-one discussion instead of just randomly approaching people who seem like they'll listen. Yeah. What about when you're like in, have you ever been like talking to someone? Like they've started talking to you about it. Mm-hmm. They haven't just like walked off or ignored you. And then what, what kind of things do they ask? Is it like, I guess one, one does it hurt when you're donating? Not at all. From all of the people that have been asked about it, they just say it doesn't hurt. It's just like a little pinprick and you're just sitting there for ages and the other one you're asleep so you don't really feel it at all you just have like vague side effects and that's about it oh so you're like actually put to sleep yeah for the for the injection into the hip you're put asleep put to sleep for the other one you're just sitting there for ages mm-hmm. okay fair enough and she did say like you can watch a movie bring a friend or whatever so like it can't be a completely boring process right yeah and you get a free t-shirt afterwards yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're a student yeah you definitely need one of those <laughs> any chance you get so Make sure you start. Hamish, you need one of those as well. Yeah, I probably but... do. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever you go to donate, Anthony Nolan will come to the hospital that you're staying at to do your donation and they'll bring you like a little gift bag with like a t-shirt that says, I think, I don't remember what the t-shirt says, but it has like a t-shirt and I think you get some fun stuff in there as well. Yeah, cool. This, this, I don't know if this is saying you can like, because you're like a non-profit organization. How, how do you like afford to do all this stuff, to run all these? So Anthony Nolan provide us with all of the supplies that we need including like the t-shirts and hoodies that we get but Anthony Nolan relies on the fundraising so they give us 
like the supplies and all of that and then we fundraise for them so like last year when I was on committee I was fundraising officer so we'd hold things like a big take me out event at the med school which gets in quite a lot of money we were going to do a marathon but that got cancelled and then we do pub quizzes and things like that wait Warwick Marrow hosted a take me out yeah event. oh shit do you know take me out the concept of take me out Hamish yeah yeah I've I've heard of it read of it didn't I tell you one time it was like double days and we should do it as a joke here for like a podcast if we were to ever do something for entertainment but that's not take me out no it was take me out there was like a double date take me out thing and I was like to you yo should we do this here um, just for the shits and giggles I'm in fourth year and you were like no you just said like no way I'm going (laughs) well listeners keep listening maybe maybe future episode Hey everyone, this is a trigger warning. Please take a second to check the timestamps in the description to skip over this section if you will be affected. Thanks. So yeah, I was going to ask, like, what got you into the specific charity? So I'd heard of it before because my sister was part of it when she was at uni. I just didn't know very much about it. And then she told me a bit afterwards. And so you know that it's like all about blood cancers and helping people who have blood cancers. When I was seven, I had leukemia. I didn't need a stem cell transplant. I was fine with chemotherapy and I finished my treatment over a decade ago now so when I was like 10 uh and so in first year I was too scared to join because I felt really bad that I was trying to get people to join the register when I couldn't join myself and then I spoke to some of the committee members and they were like well so many people who are on our committee can't join and so many people who volunteer can't join so after I spoke to them I came to the first event after that and then came to all of the events after that and now this is my second year on committee so for those of us who don't know so leukemia is just a type of blood cancer and It's a type of blood cancer that affects the white blood cells. So the type I had was that I was producing too many abnormal white blood cells and they're not enough red blood cells that could, and they're not enough healthy white blood cells either. But yeah, it's just a cancer, it's just a blood cancer and there are like three different types, but I don't know very much about the other two, but yeah. What were the symptoms? How did you know to like go check something out? So I used to be really, really sporty and I used to like love all sorts of sports and then suddenly I was getting really tired just running around the tennis court. Like it was a really small tennis court. So I got really out of breath running around the tennis court. I got bruises on my legs, which we didn't really know where they came from. Like we just kept thinking, oh, it was just my friend accidentally kicking me under the table. And then they just didn't go away. And then I was just getting really tired and achy. And so we went in for a blood test at the hospital. So I went, I left school halfway through like the day, went for my blood test, went home. And then about two hours later, my GP calls us. He says, you need to go to the hospital right, right now. And then she picks me and my mum up and then drives us there. Right, uh, that's uh, that was a bit. Do you remember much of it? Uh, like, I wasn't one of the kids who was like really scared. Like, obviously, I was scared, but I was more like, I want to know what's going on. Like, this is mm. really interesting. Yes, this is happening to me, but also it's really interesting and cool, and I want to know what's going on. So, I remember yeah. like parts of it. I don't remember all of it. I just remember that my hospitals were really good. One of my nurses bought me an etch sketch because she felt bad that I cried when she pricked my finger, when she had to prick my finger. <laughs> so, she bought yeah. me an etch sketch. I remember one painful injection, which I hated, but everything else is not that bad. I remember spending Diwali in hospital once. I was always home for Christmas though, which was nice. But yeah, I remember bits and bobs. Like I remember some of the medicines and I remember some of the side effects. I just don't remember a lot of other things as well. Yeah. So you said you went through chemo. Yeah. How long was like that process? I think it must have been about two and a half years, three years. So I was diagnosed in like May 2007. And I stopped treatment in August 2010. So I think I must have stopped that in like May 2010. But I can't fully remember anymore. Okay. And for those like few years, are you like literally like living in hospital mostly? So the first year I was. So the first year I spent most of my time in hospital. So I was in like between Great Ormond Street and Barnet Hospital. But Barnet was my local one. So I spent more time there than I did at Great Ormond Street. So term, like I missed basically all of year three. And then I missed like half of year four. And then maybe like, if you total it up like a term of year five but um my teachers are great they all came to visit me in hospital and we had like a little bear that we took home on the holidays so they gave me the bear to keep with me in the hospital and then they had like a book where you just write down what you did in the holiday so they just let me keep him for like the entire time that I was there but yeah I missed loads of year three half of year four and like a term also of year five then the education catch-up was it like daunting like how did that feel at the same time because I guess you're going through, I don't know how it would feel to obviously be on the other side of chemotherapy. So <laughs> that's why I want to kind of ask, like, how did that feel at the time and trying to, I guess it was really stressful as well because you're like, I'm falling behind the school or were you like happy that you didn't get to go to school? Because I would have been happy if I didn't get to go to school, but not for the reason that you've given. <laughs> <laughs> I quite liked my school. I really liked my tutor. 
And I think they specifically gave me the same tutor for like three of my four years in junior school. But there was like a hospital teacher. So either she'd give me work that would like match up to what I should be learning or my teachers from my school would bring me work to do. Oh, wait. So your teacher, as in your teachers came to your school? That's mad. Yeah. So some of the teachers, when they visited, so there's like a hospital teacher, which is like, boss is the hospital. So she would come and do like lessons for like a certain period of time. I think it was just like the morning or the afternoon. And it'd be the kind of word that I should be learning at that level. But like not really intense stuff. It was just like basic worksheets. So I could sort of keep up. And then my school teachers, like my tutor and my head of junior school came to visit with like worksheets as well for me to do. So I was like basically on level. It wasn't so bad. And then you mentioned also like side effects with chemotherapy. I think the massive like assumption with chemotherapy or like how like films and like TV shows portray it. So many times you see people like, sometimes they don't even want to go through chemotherapy because it's like really painful or exhausting and just takes a lot out of you. How did you like find that experience and what were the side effects as you said? So it was obviously fine, but it wasn't as bad or as intense as like you see on TV, only because I had quite a low level of the chemo. So it goes like A, B, C, and I had like type C, I think. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like super intense. So the chemotherapy wasn't that bad. But there was just side effects like my fitness went massively down. My cardio was awful for a bit of time, and I was still getting tired quite a lot. And then one of the main side effects was that one of the medicines that I had during chemotherapy, there was like a risk. Oh, there's also heart effects that there could be side effects for the heart so I get heart scans like every five years now but they've been fine for the last time so I've had them so that's okay but like I was saying one of the main ones is one of the medicines that I had during chemotherapy has this risk of affecting my cognitive function so that's like my memory recall and my focus and things like that so I only discovered that when I moved to the young people and adult ward which was like 2018 I think 2019 and so like well we can test this and I did, was too scared to test it because I was like, if it comes out positive, then what's going to happen? If it comes out negative, then it just means I'm not good at exams. So I was really scared to do it for like a year. And then I decided, oh, I might as well just get it tested. So at least I know whether it's something I need to work on or whether it's just a thing that has to exist and that can't really be fixed. So I had the test in like, I can't remember when it was. And then it came back saying, your memory recall and your focus isn't that bad, but we can see that there's a difference in your memory recall. So it just means you need to like, wrote down things a lot more and you need to have things written down a lot more and you need to be able to listen to things that like a lot more so it wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be but it was good because now I can like put it to the uni saying hey help because that's one of the reasons why I changed from biology to liberal arts okay that's actually one of my questions but I didn't know if you wanted to discuss it because like I thought you did did med school and then you went to art yeah so I started in 2017 doing biological sciences which I love and I still really really love the problem with it is that it's a 100% exam and I'm not very good at exams and now I know why. So in October last year, I decided that I needed to change degrees because as much as I love biology, it wasn't going to end well for me. So I changed to liberal arts, which is like a full 180. But when I spoke to the department head and told him everything, he was like, well, you can still take the biology modules if you want to. It just means you don't have to have a degree that's entirely based on like exams. So that was nice. And because the head of life sciences knows me quite well now, because he like helped me transition and gave me like a really good recommendation to the new department and the new head also knows me quite well now. They kind of both know that I am going to go back to taking biology modules, which I am doing this year. Did you choose like biology because of like your past experience? Yeah, that was one of the reasons. And I just really, so I really have always just liked human biology and animal biology. And with like leukemia, I became a lot more interested in science and biology. And I was like, okay, so I quite like learning about cancer biology and disease biology. This is something I might want to do. So I decided to take it. I guess like you and your family, like when, when you got diagnosed with leukemia, was it, were you quite like positive about like all of it? Because I seem when you hear of like someone who gets like diagnosed with cancer, it's always first thought you like think the worst kind of thing. So I didn't really know what it was at the time, but when I was mm. in... um. When I start, first got it, so my mum and dad were obviously really scared. My sister less so because she has always like been interested in like medicine and all of that. She was 16 at the time. So she was less scared, but she was doing her GCSEs at the time. So it was quite a stressful time for her. And my brother was doing his A-level. So I wasn't scared. I just didn't really know what was going on. But then when I started the treatment, they gave me like a little book with like stickers. It just explained what it was that was happening. And then I just 
became less scared because the doctor, my doctor and the nurses were so good. So like my first doctor was called Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob. <laughs> he was a great doctor. And there was this one time like he was moving to a different hospital. And there was this one time when my arm was just like stuck. Like it wouldn't move. It was just stiff and bent. And so we didn't really know why, but he was like to me, before I leave, if you can unbend it, then I will give you 10 pounds. So Wait. I managed to do it just before he left, but he never gave me my 10 pounds for like, so for like the next two years, when I moved on to my next doctor, I kept being like to her, can, do you know where Dr. Bob is? Can you tell him that he owes me another 10 pounds, please? <laughs> I can't believe he didn't give you 10 quid. Well, That's actually rude. Charity, so I like okay. that he actually did that. Yeah, I guess <laughs> if somebody says that, I guess you can't be angry. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's a bit so, Doctor Bob, if you are out there listening to this, you best have donated that ten pounds. <laughs> yeah, because all of the because all of the doctors and nurses, the pediatric nurses and pediatric doctors, they're quite good at knowing what to do. And I think I was one of the more positive kids there to the mm. point where I was quite annoying. Where I would leave my room when I wasn't allowed to. I would write on their little whiteboard doing like a Christmas countdown, or just write their names because I was bored. Or I'd just steal all their chocolate or I'd steal all their snacks and they were fine with it. <laughs> so you're a devil child. Bad yeah, bad. but they loved me. It was fine. <laughs> I think I was possibly one I think I was possibly one of their favourites only because I wasn't crying or sad or being difficult all the time. I was just like enjoying myself. So you were seven years old? Yeah. Like is it more common in people younger or is it more common people older? So I don't remember the full stat. But from what I remember reading a few years ago, it's less common in children. Yeah. And you said you had type C, is that, uh, which was, you said like it wasn't too bad? Yeah, it was a mild form of it. I don't know the full science behind it. I just remember seeing type C on my letter. Is that because you like caught it quite early? I think As in so, yeah. like you recognized it and saw the doctor and... Well, we didn't really know what it was. My mom was just worried because all of these things kept happening. And then we just happened to go with like plenty of time. I feel like the type either increases of age or increases like with how soon it's diagnosed but i can't fully remember so i don't know did that like affect you like speaking about it like when you were growing up or so like you said there was an issue to join marrow yeah so for like a very very long time i just didn't really mention it unless people asked and people didn't really ask so i never mentioned it and then for maybe the first year or so that I was doing marrow, I just wouldn't really mention it to people. And then I was speaking to some of my friends and they were like, well, you shouldn't not mention it. It's good to mention it because it'll make you feel better about it. So then after like the first year and a half of me being like the first year or so of being, me being with marrow, I started doing more presentations like to societies and being like, oh, this is why I do it. I didn't like I had leukemia when I was little. You should join the register. But it all started off with like me writing it on Facebook before I would start doing the actual presentations. And then once I did one presentation, it was fine after that. Yeah, I guess it's quite a hard thing to just, if you're meeting someone, I guess with Warwick Marrow and like giving talks there and stuff like that, it's, I guess it's like a lot easier than yeah. if you're meeting someone brand new and being like, hey, I, I had leukemia when I was seven. <laughs> or, I, don't, I don't know how you like bring up that kind of stuff. <laughs> It's usually just when I talk about the uh, thing minorities, I'm like, hey, I had leukemia. I think mm. chemotherapy, but so many, I didn't need uh, stem cell transplant, but so many other people did. And then this is why you should join. But the first time I tried to mention it to like a group of people, I ended up crying. <laughs> I don't really know why, because it's never been like a sad time. I've just never like brought it up. And then after that, it was all right. Yeah. How, did, did you ever get treated like differently? Like in like going back to school afterwards or... Like uh, during the process, did you feel like maybe people looked at you differently or anything like that? I think it was more the teachers than the students, really. There was a little bit of time when I was at like an after school club. It was like they all treated me normally and fine. And then one of them hit me where I had like accidentally hit me where I had like the, it's called a porticast, which is basically what they use to take the blood out. Someone accidentally hit me where I had it. And then we sat for like 10 minutes while the teacher explained to them, you need to be careful because she has this. And if you hit it, it hurts. But mm. I mean, I think the rest of the time it was only the teachers who were really concerned. Like, I don't know, if I was just not paying attention or if I was tired or whatever, they'd get really like scared. And for um year four and year five, because at my school the cafe the cafeteria was really, really far away, I'd get really out of breath going there. So the teach like the teachers just let me eat in the nurse's office, which was actually quite good because I had a packed lunch and they had a microwave. And <laughs> a so I just yeah, handy. I just milked all of that for everything it was worth. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't steal food from the staff from there. I probably did. 
I feel like I probably took some snacks from the do- from the nurse. <laughs> we have a criminal on board the third wheel right now. <laughs> I uh, yeah, we we do not uh, condone this sort of behaviour. <laughs> we we don't support this. Disclaimer. Okay, well, she offered it to me, and then I take it. Whereas the nurses, they started offering it to me, and then I just started taking it, and they didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> um that goes to show you the nurses do care for you they're very nice people so i went to see yeah. them loads of times after i had like my outpatient appointment because the outpatient built the outpatient department is right next to the inpatient so every time i had an appointment i would go into like the inpatients and go see all of the nurses wait what, what do you mean about yeah. yeah what's outpatient versus inpatient so inpatient is like when you, where you go if you're staying in the hospital and you're getting treated outpatients is where you go if you're coming into like a checkup just like health check so like your weight and your blood pressure and to see if you're like feeling okay when you have leukemia and you've gone through like chemotherapy can it ever like occur again so when i finished my treatment they do like a final blood test and then a bone marrow test and then they check like they check it and then they tell you how much of a chance there is for it to ever come back so i think mine was something like there is like less than one percent of the chance of it ever coming back okay well, this is like a. We're, just to clarify, we're not trying to interrogate. We're just learning ourselves about Meryl, Anthony Nolan, leukemia at the same time. <laughs> yeah, my mom wasn't. It wasn't a question. It was. Um, I actually remember when I started secondary school, and I was in year seven. There was a kid in our year who had leukemia, and I think he was receiving treatment at the time because he was. I asked. That's why I asked a question about like, did you did you ever like feel like you were treated a bit differently? Because I felt like I I wasn't like I wasn't close to him. I don't, I don't know if I. I think I spoke to him a little bit because he was he was on the cricket team. He was a lot better than me. But like in like first year, he was going through, I think he was going through like chemotherapy at the same time. So you can tell like people would like, we were like in an all boys school where like everyone would like kind of like pick on each other and kind of stuff like that. And, but he would always like, you know, you don't like, don't pick on him because like he's got cancer. Like that was kind of like the attitude like a lot of people have. But I remember he was also, he was, he lost his hair for at least a period during the first year. Is that something you went through as well? Yeah, I lost my hair. I have a picture of this if you want to see it. Does that happen to everyone? Yeah. Who has... Chemotherapy just makes you... Or it's chemotherapy? Yeah, if the chemotherapy causes it. Hang on, I've got a picture of it. So like, just to clarify, like a lot of people, I guess, do a lot of people optionally go bold beforehand so that it's not seen as bad or? Uh, I think I let most of my hair fall out and then I went bold. It's all like lots of weight gain and lots of hair loss. It says weight gain as well. So I was given steroids during mine. I'm not sure for what reason, but they gave me steroids. But I was like, ate lots of food as opposed to not eating loads of food. Like I'd wake up at like three in the morning wanting beans on toast or Rice Krispies. Or yeah. So I had steroids during my treatment. I don't know what for, but I had them. And the hair thing, like it grows back afterwards, right? Well, most of it does come back. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like based, (laughs) based on your current hair, like it must come back. Yeah. So I let mine all grow back. And then, so I like got it cut, obviously. And then when I was 17, I cut off 15 inches of it and donated it to like make wigs for people who were going to have like lost their hair, like little kids who have lost their hair. And then I also fundraised, but that was for a different charity. But yeah, it does grow back. And then because I was like, well, I didn't really have a wig. I just wore hats and bandanas. And I wore a sparkly wig once for a costume day. But the rest of the time it was just hats and bandanas. And I was like, well, I don't really want a wig, but loads of other people do. And I know what it's like to be a little little girl and not have hair. So then I donated like mm-hmm. loads of it. So I went from like waist to like bob, a really bad bob cut, but a bob cut. Yeah, you can do that, Hamish, when you cut your hair. <laughs> I, I, got, I got, when I grew mine out and got it cut, I was, yeah, some people say it to me, but I didn't think they were being serious, but I guess I could have at the time. You need to have like minimum seven inches of hair to donate. I, I definitely couldn't have, even when I did get the trim like the after lockdown trim eventually and plus my hair was also dyed so i'm not sure how damaged it would be before i think they can take dyed hair as long as it wasn't dyed a weird color define weird color like not like a red or a pink or oh, okay okay whatever All right, cool. if, I, if i end up growing out during the next set of lockdown restrictions and i have seven inches to cut off the next time then i'll actually do that why not the only upsetting thing is is because it was the little princess trust and apparently they've stopped taking hair donations because they've grown up Oh, uh, which is disappointing but well yeah th- thanks so much for like speaking yeah like really openly about all of that okay. yeah. all that stuff pretty sure a lot of people would have learned a bunch about it yeah so that's probably pretty really informational topic i think that's probably one of the most informational episodes so far yeah i think you mentioned dyeing your hair different colors yeah that's something you do a lot yeah it's really not the most exciting of topics i just get bored with having normal hair so when i was like 
19, I dyed it purple. And then I dyed it red for my 21st. And then I dyed it green in between. And now it's brown. <laughs> like blondie brown. You can't actually see it. But it's like ashy brown now. But I just get bored of my hair. And why not? Yeah, I know Hamish is going into the hair dyeing business. <laughs> I can see the blonde. Yeah. <laughs> is it bad for your hair, dyeing your hair? A bit. Yeah. It is a bit, but I think it all depends on how the hairdresser, the hairdresser yeah. does it and how often you actually re-dye it. Yeah, your hairdresser will also tell you, like, based on your hair and stuff, like, the damage and how much they think they should do it the first time and then see and then carry on the next time. Yeah, because the first time I got it done, I got it done at a different hairdresser because my one was too expensive and I couldn't afford it. But then when I got it redone, I just decided that I really liked my hairdresser and I paid the price for it. But she did a really good job of it. So. Hamish knows about that. <laughs> shelling out them peas for the dye hair it's just the bleaching that's expensive although the first time I got it done they classed it as a crazy colour so so they charge you more yeah right. because it's not like an easy colour to mix they have to mix it like specifically to match the colour that you want instead of just using like one or two bottles to make the colour yeah and it also depends on like the kind of tier of I guess the hairdresser as well like how like well certified they are and all that stuff you know and how qualified so like they're basically the obviously the it gets more expensive as the better they are and that they'll make sure there's literally like it's better for you that they way they do it and they'll probably give you like better advice as well if you yeah. also advise my hairdresser is like a senior level hairdresser but she's been cutting my hair ever since i moved house so i just don't know so like if you know that it's like kind of even a bit bad for your hair like why why because why it? it will grow out and then you can just cut off the bits that are bad yeah but until that point you might as well just do what you want with it and the products that come that basically you're going to use anyways are going to help you like re-strengthen it and ensure the color and everything and ensure the integrity. It's not like it's going to start breaking apart. Like obviously on the, I guess the first day, depending on how, say how bright you went your hair, there's going to be like effects, but it will start to heal and you'll get better. It's not like I'm doing permanent damage, I guess for me would be like if I got my full head dyed like every few months or anything, but obviously I'm not doing that. I'm only doing it when it like grows out. And I, yeah. I only get highlights. I don't get like a full head of hair. So I don't get my full head of hair done. I just get like it ombre. Yeah. But um, would either of you ever get your full head of hair? No. I do. I do it for some third wheel like fundraising or if we were doing anything. You know, like if you're doing anything like a twenty four hour. Um, you're near there, by then. No, Aaron, you're getting involved <laughs> as well. Time. You agreed to go bold if we reach the limit as well. You can dye his hair like bright yellow. Who, Aaron? Oh, you. <laughs> I'm fine with it. As long as there's some decent money being raised for a charity or so, I'm fine with it. As I said, I'll do it. Aaron, I want to see you go bold. Uh, or you go a full head. I think you with a full head of blonde would actually be interesting. The thing why mine works here with the kind the shade of blonde slash, I guess, a bit of brown that goes into it is because my eyes are quite light brown. So it helps, if anything. Like, it looks really good with it. You're comparing your hair and your eyes. That's, that's fancy. No, no. But like, the, even your hairdresser will tell you since like, with like you, this is the color of your eyes, and it will work well if you go this tone, one of these tones, and everything. So as I said, like the better hairdresser you go, oh, no my doesn't do that. I just make a dressboard <laughs> and then show her what I want. She agrees with. So what, what were you told, Hamish? No, so basically, I went, I went with saying like, yeah, I'm looking for this kind of like blonde highlights in the top bit of my hair because obviously, I mean, a lot of people that can't see the top bit of my hair in the picture. I know it doesn't seem like that in the thumbnail, but the top bit of my hair is actually just long, slick back. Go, go check him on Instagram. Give him a cheeky follow. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, but yeah. wherever. Yeah, essentially, I just asked for blonde highlights, and they're like, "Yeah," and um, they're like, "We'll go for like one of these specific shades." Because I thought it was brown at first. I didn't realize it was blonde. That's what I wanted. And then she said, "Yeah, because your eyes are light brown, it'd be better if we go like this particular thing instead of like, a, a, for example, a normal brown. It would help lift your eyes and your face and long side, and it would look really good." Right. Oh, that was because you didn't have a specific shade of brown that you wanted. I, I well, it was blonde, yeah, but like I, I knew what I roughly wanted, but I didn't know. Um, I guess the color shades, you know, like that wasn't really my area of specialty. I, I just knew roughly Pinterest. Pinterest. Yes. I mean, I just use Google. I mean, I've heard of it, but I didn't know you use it for these kind of things. I use Pinterest and just like save loads of hair pictures of what color I want. And then I oh. show her it. Oh, man. I, I just showed some pictures of Google and then she had, they had a book here. They had this professional book with every single shade and everything and like styles and everything. I'm like, like this kind of this, maybe this kind of thing. And then, yeah, she basically did it and it was sick. And then I got it redone recently. And even like, do you know the reason why I know like she was like onto something sick as well? Yeah, because when I went to my Ted Baker's hairdresser after I actually had it dyed and got the haircut a few times, yeah, like the, the lady that would do my hair, she's like, oh, you get like the perfect tone of brown or brown slash blonde in your hair because it matches your eyes and you think. So I, I know like it's, I know it's on point as well, yeah. 
I bet you got so gassed, you know. <laughs> no, no. Okay, basically, I was already happy. I was, I was happy with it internally. I didn't need the external validation, but because usually everyone's always going to rip into me, so I'm fine with it anyways. Yeah, like I think Krishna was one of the people that said, "Yeah, what the fuck have you done to your hair?" <laughs> but like, then people like the hairdresser, like, "Yo, this is actually like you've made the correct choice." So I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Big up, um, Natalie at Percy and Reed. <laughs> basically, near Great, Port- Great Portland Street. Right, that sounds fancy. It? It, it is quite fancy. I can't lie. Um, and yeah. And then obviously it took me a while to learn about, you know, the products that you have to use to maintain it. It is quite long, I won't lie. Maintaining long hair plus dyed hair is, is, is bloody stressful. It just adds too much time to your morning. Like, you know, award-winning. Award-winning, fam. British hair care, personally. I, oh, wait. I actually have a referral vouchers for anyone who wants, I think, 15% <laughs> off. So anyone who wants discounts, holler at your boy. I'll, yeah, I'll hook you up. 15% off the manual pain is too expensive, man. I mean, you pay less. It, de- it depends on how much hair you have, how much hair you're getting dyed, the length of it, etc. Like, obviously, I don't have, compared to a normal, I guess, female that would have a long hair. Like, for example, Krishna, she would pay a lot more than what I would pay. And also, it, de- it depends on the hairdresser as well. Each hairdresser, de- depending on their skill, qualification, experience, etc., the price goes up. I mean, men's haircuts or hairdressers are always cheaper than women's ones anyway. Yeah. Whenever I tell a guy how much I pay to oh, get... Oh, the one I go to is a colouring specialist, usually for women. <laughs> so. <laughs> Whenever I tell anyone how much I pay to get my hair cut or to get it dyed, they're always really shocked because they spend like less, more than half of what I do. When I got this one, because I got it cut and blow-dried and then obviously bleached and dyed it, it was like 100 and... I want to say 59? 49? Yeah, okay, that's 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 close to Hamish. Not gonna lie, wait, what? that's more expensive than mine. You're paying over a hundred for the full works. Yeah, but we don't just twist the figure. She said hundred forty nine. Yeah, like I was nowhere near that figure. Even the one time I got a haircut, you're, you're over a hundred. That's close enough. Wait, no, but my hair color alone is not a hundred pound. Oh, whenever I get mine colored, I get it cut as well. So I don't actually know the cut, the price of the full. I'm, pay- I'm paying twelve quid. Yours is close. Your price oh, is close. Cut. My actual haircut's like forty pounds. Yeah, so their haircut is actually £40, but I don't think they're as good for the hair. At least Natalie wouldn't. For my type of hair, I don't think she can do it as well. No offense to her, but like she does styling. Hair, hair <laughs> no, no, they, they reviewed one of the best for hair coloring, like across. Like I did my research here, so that's why I went there. I think well, some of the other stylists can probably cut your hair well, but if you're a female, I think it works better. But for my particular hairstyle, etc., I mm-hmm. had to leave it to the lady that did it at Ted Baker's. So that's why I basically yeah I would get my hair colored then I recommend hair coloring obviously I think they'll be probably better with women's haircuts than my one I do recommend it if you want as I said if you want the referral thing with 15% off or 20% off but wherever it is let me know I'll hook you up what I really want to do is try a, cur- a curly hair haircut specialist Matt. is yours naturally curly yeah this is just the natural mess that it is I, I went for a period where I tried to perm my hair <laughs> I, it, I'm not gonna lie it wasn't even that long ago it was it was during uni but I just wanted to like perm the top. I didn't want to perm like the sides and back. A bit like Alex Oxley Chamberlain, and everyone knows him. I kind of wanted it like that. Oh. It's like curly on top. And I bought like, I think from like Super Drug or Boots or wherever, I bought some like home perm shit, but it just didn't, it just didn't work. I just, I just buy curly head shampoos, but apparently the hairdressers are really good for like maintaining it. And there's one in Birmingham, but I really want to try it, but I think it's really expensive. Also, Birmingham is in lockdown, so I can't really go. The thing is, yeah, my hair is actually really naturally curly. So right now it's still drying up, but you can start to see the curls kick in. And I don't know, like, the curls can sometimes be an issue, but I know a lot of people like them. People tell me to just leave the natural curls out. I'm like, I don't know, man. I like my slick back hairstyle. I mean, it's only because I don't style my hair during lockdown or anything. You can start to see the natural hair. See, mine is the opposite. The hairdressers really love my curly hair, but everyone else says I should straighten it more. Yeah, I think your curly hair is actually nice. Like, what's wrong no, with it? I mean, I really like my curly hair. It's yeah. just so curly, it doesn't look natural, and it makes me really happy. So when my um, sister was getting married, we had a hair that we had like a hairstylist and a makeup artist and everything. And um, she like I chose the more hair I wanted to do and everything. And she looked at my hair and she's like, you know, I don't even need to curl it properly. I'm just going to curl the odd strand and then do it. And I was like, great, no heat on my hair, and I'm happy. What color, if you could choose to dye your hair, full hair, like everything? <laughs> Probably because I really like like dark shades, so I probably either do like a dark purple or a dark blue, maybe a dark green. A dark green. Well, I've already done teal, and like I wait for like a, there was like a period of time where I wanted my hair blue and green, but I never did that. So I feel like I'd want something that's only like noticeable when there's light. So like blues or whatever. Mm. Can you get hair dye that changes color? 
I saw a video on Facebook where there's neon hair dye. And so it's mm-hmm. like, if you dye your hair a normal color, then it's like a pastel color. And then when it goes like UV light, it just becomes like a really bright neon. Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't get my full head dyed. I don't think I could get do a full head hair. Yeah, but, but say I do, you I, were. I don't, what would I do, Aaron? Like, I'd probably get a mix. I couldn't do a single color then. I'd probably do a mix of a couple of colors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. I guess it would have to be. Obviously, it's going to probably be blonde brown, and maybe try. I don't know if platinum would blend into it well, but platinum, platinum hair, platinum um, highlights look sick. Yeah, I just don't. Th- I just don't want to do it. I- I've considered doing it a few times, but I was like, you know what? Yeah, chill, chill out, settle, get used to your blonde first, and then do something like like a platinum. I, I my, um, I asked um, so I asked Natalie, and she was like, yeah, you know, you know, what? you could actually go for platinum in the future but I would recommend stay, staying with this a few more times or going lighter with this a few more times to ensure that the hair doesn't get severely damaged from going too bright or whatever yeah I'll, I'll do Aguero I think he looks good Aguero so what I think Aguero, Aguero does platinum is that platinum yeah he's a, it's like silver slash platinum right his hair yeah maybe a bit blonde yeah but no that, some of that is because your natural hair starts gingering slash yellowing Hmm. So, especially if you have black hair, so you need to. That's why the products are there. So, let me just see. But he probably has a stylist. And yeah, it's and his isn't full. It's like kind of you can see the black or brown hair like coming through as well. So yeah, I'm pretty sure his is like a platinum slash blonde, or like his is like an ashy blonde slash platinum, depending on the pictures I'm looking at. Also, so, I'm I'm going grey. So you know, yeah, I might Aaron, have to think about like I had hair, some great, quite a few grey hairs, and this year now no one can tell because yeah, I just had the blonde highlights, and no one can tell if there's a grey hair in there. So. It's actually a great strategy to get highlights done when you're starting to grey. Now I can't tell if there's any greys. I can only see like the odd one or two on the side, but that's it. I can't actually, I don't know how many greys I would have in my actual head of hair. I don't think I've had any greys yet. Maybe one. I don't think I've had any more than one. Oh man, that's lucky. Yeah, man. But Aaron, yeah, if we ever did like a charity stream thing, you're going to have to get your hair dyed. That's going to be one of the things. And the one of them later on is going to be get a, um, going bald. I'm just letting you know. I think I'd, I think I'd rather go bald. Have you ever done like home dyeing? Like dyeing your hair at home? No, but I <laughs> I know my dad does it. I have. So every time I get it done and then, then the colour washes out, I re-dye over it myself. So I only get it professionally done once a year. Mm-hmm. Except for when I dyed it green and there was like a green tint to it. So I had to get like a red glossy thing put over it. Don't you, isn't there a specific shampoo depending on the type of colour you get for your hair? Sometimes. Not always. Oh, like I right see. now I just use Colour Protect shampoo and that's it. I know like my mom likes to use, use Mendy kind of hair dye. The problem with the Mendy hair dye is that you can't use like a normal hair dye over it because they um, react, apparently. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't, she doesn't do anything else apart from that when yeah. she wants to. So. Mendy is fine, but I think, like the henna hair dye is fine, but I think if you use a normal hair dye on top of it, they react with each other. Oh, mad. I have no idea. <laughs> I did learn in this process that to counteract one color, you have to do it with the color that's on the opposite side of the color wheel. Uh, so, like, complimentary. Yeah. So for the green with the tint, I have to go over it with a red. But like blue, you have to go over it with orange. And then That's you have good. orange hair until it washes out. Yeah, would you recommend the hair, hair coloring? I think it, it takes a while. Can I just clarify? It doesn't just happen like in like 10 minutes. It actually takes a good few hours to get your hair. Depending on how dark and strong your hair is. So for example, mine was black and pretty strong. So it took like three hours or so to bleach it down before they could color it. Yeah. It's because it's, there's, there's a whole thing with virgin hair and we dyed hair. So virgin hair takes a lot longer. Like that hair that's never been dyed before. That takes a lot longer to like lift all of the color off whereas once it's been done it's quite fast to get the rest done because i would I'd, I'd do it if i thought i would look better i think i think you should try blonde aaron i think you should but I don't just go full head of blonde and there's also like because i got facial hair as well if i got blonde hair does that look a bit weird no it won't fam you need to like not know, overthink these things don't overthink fam just do it i mean hamish got blonde highlights and he has a beard yeah but he looks weird like if I'm going by that, <laughs> you're a dickhead. I can't let that. <laughs> you set him up for that. Sorry. <laughs> the thing is, that's why I think. Like after you get it done as well, you feel like you feel so sick. I don't know what it is yet. You just feel so sick. So like, I definitely recommend getting it done if you're willing. If you if you if you're thinking about it and you've always been on the da- on the line, as Krishna said, do a subtle version, but don't be scared to do what you want. They'll also recommend you something. Hopefully if you go to a reasonable one, if you go to my one, as I said, once again, I'm not sponsored. So ideally, you know, I'd like to get something out of this, but if you go to my one, they'll give you decent advice and it's certified across other hairdressers as well. So despite, yeah, what your friends are like, pricks like Aaron may say to you day in, day out. Yeah. That your dip trim's dead or some shit like this year. I guarantee you're sick. As long as you like it, that's all that matters really, right? Yeah. If this episode gets 200 likes from people that follow, our Instagram. 
I will consider dyeing my hair. <laughs> consider? No, no, no. Wait, that's such a big target as well. So people who follow us, okay, if you're not following already, go follow us on Instagram and then go like this post that's related to Krishna's episode. If you get to do 100, but Aaron's, Aaron's changing color, fam. He's not considering he's changing. Oh, I'll, do a, I'll do a temp one, like a two-week thing. Month long, do a month long. Actually, no. No, actually, no, no, I take all this back. I'm trying shit. <laughs> I mean, if you get the temporary hair dye, that washes out after one or two washes. Yeah, I mean, don't be scared, man. I'm, you not, got this, man. I'm not scared. It's more, I just don't think it'll look good. And I want to look good. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> if we go into another lockdown, you're not going to be going anywhere anyway. Yeah, but... Yeah, true. I haven't got an argument for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know why we're discussing this. The the likelihood that I would do anything to my hair is very low. Yeah, I know. It's always a dead trim that you carry. So <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, moving on. Krishna, have you been Mildred's? Yeah, it's my favorite restaurant. Oh, hey, 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 and what do you think of the inside, the interior? It depends on which one you go to. So the Soho one is really, really small. Yeah, but like looks wise, it still looks good. Right? Oh, I like that it's design. small. But it, it look, it's look. it's pretty inside. And yeah. where's the other one that you went to? King's Cross. Which one's better? King's Cross. So Krishan said this to me, but we obviously went to the Soho one, so maybe the experience is a bit different. So fuck I you, Aaron. I like the King's Cross one because it was bigger and more spaced out. That was the main thing. Yeah, yeah. It's It could be better, but do you still think it warrants a... What rating did you give it? Like a five? You could, you could pull up the spreadsheet. Basically, this is what happened. Yeah, we went Mildred's. We didn't even get to sit in the part that apparently was advertised on the solo thing. We were sat upstairs in just basically a dull room. Yeah, that's, that's all it, it was. It wasn't a yeah. dull room. There was candles. And I was like, I did, I, did, I did have a bad experience, but I'm going to rate it based on my experience, right? So I rated it based on my experience. And just because these lot are giving me shit over some other ratings I had done on this internal spreadsheet we have. Also, check out my TripAdvisor whilst you're there as well. TripAdvisor banging reviews. I recently resurrected it, but now I can't go out to eat, so I don't know how it's going to work. Resurrected my TripAdvisor. People love the reviews on there. So, yeah, go check out my TripAdvisor. I've reviewed a few vegan-only places or something, so, yeah. But Krishna still said it was her favourite... It's my favourite place to eat. Yeah. Well, which one would you rather go, King's Cross or Mildred's? I mean, the Soho, sorry. King's Cross. Yeah, Krishan, after I told him that I went Mildred's, he's like, yo, did you go to the King's Cross one? I'm like, no, I went to Seoul and I'm not going back. And he's like, no, fam, go to the King's Cross one. Fuck the Seoul one. The King's Cross one has got like big windows everywhere and the seats are all really nice, face- nicely spaced out. But would you still say Hamish gave the Soho one in Mil- Mildred's a 5.1 out of 10? Why 5.1? Why the point one? It's it's the average between multiple like... <laughs> There's multiple categories here. Yeah. He, um, he, gave, I mean, it, he gave it 2.5 out of 10 for the price if it was worth it like it is a little expensive but the food As in, like, i think my meal may have been a bad choice but what do you get at mildred's i haven't been in such a long time i think i got noodles last time i went but i used to get a burger and halloumi for like halloumi yeah that's, right, that's nice right, Nisha, got, like, on my case right now like <laughs> i can see the text messages coming through when this releases and they hear it mildred's, mildreds is so good there's like three different branches and i think i've been to all three of them but i don't remember i think the other one's in camden but yeah, it's my favorite place. It's a little pricey, but the menu is like relatively the same in all of them. Just like a few different differences. And anyone who ever comes to visit that's not from London or not, like I just take them to Mildred's if we're going to go into London because I like it. I would take them to Banana Tree. So Banana Tree is way better. And I stand by that choice. I don't think I've been to Banana Tree. I recommend. The Soho one is the best one. Well, I've heard the Bayswell's one is better, but I've never been to that one. I just don't like going to Soho very much. It's like one of my least favorite parts of London. What is it? Why? I don't know. I just don't know the area. It's just a bit dodgy. <laughs> That's like the most dumbest reason I've ever heard. <laughs> also because like, I really like Covent Garden and so now I compare everything to Covent Garden. Yeah, but okay, but like it's right next to Covent Garden. Yeah, but like Covent Garden is nicer than the actual Soho area. And also because like, Covent Garden is at like, the heart of the theatre district, which makes me very happy. Interesting, interesting. But yeah, I definitely recommend Banana Tree. That's one of my, that's probably my favorite restaurant out of all the restaurants I've ever had. So Banana Tree, so or Soho or Bayswater would be the recommendation. It has good vegan options as well because I only eat vegan food there. It has vegan options there. I don't think I've been to, oh no. Yeah, I haven't been there. The best like fast food place with vegan options is Bella Italia though. They have a pesto pasta there. It's really good. Okay, this, this is where the controversy happens because I don't want to go out and eat pasta. Like I feel like you just had too much pasta during the time at uni. Or pasta can be made at home. Like you don't need I to go out and have pasta. Almost a week and I haven't had pasta yet. I feel like anything you can be like you can just eat that at home. No, you but like do you see like dishes like outside? Yeah, I don't want to go for something that's easy to make at home. Arguably, like a pasta or a pizza. I want to, I want to actually have something, you know, like like the 
vegan satay tofu, where it was, yeah, satay, before someone fucking calls me out on that game. Um, that one, banging dish. I, I, I'll, we're probably going to keep going over this over and over yeah. again. But yeah. But yeah, banana tree, I recommend. Fuck Mildred's. <laughs> <laughs> well, these, these are the views of Hamish and not the third wheel. Just keeping out there. <laughs> Um, Mildred is superior to any restaurant, I believe. Now, you haven't been banana tree. When you go banana tree, let me know if this review changes. Nah, Mildred's been my favorite for a good five years, even before I was vegan. I mean, oh, really? We only had Mildred's recently, Matt. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if there's anything else you guys want to bring up, but uh, if not, we can start to round up. Good. Okay, awesome. So we start with like our final questions. Uh, first one is which song or album would you listen to forever? Hey Asshole by Watsky. Yeah. <laughs> hey Asshole. Yes. I'd have to listen it's to that. Song. So basically, the premise of the song, as I see it, is basically about if something knocks you down, then get back up again, which is why I really like it. It's like one of the only rap slash spoken word songs. I like Watsky's the only rap slash spoken word artist I listen to. Mm-hmm. Like everything else is like indie and rock and all of that. But that is basically a song about not giving up, which I feel very much applies. Yeah. Situation. Fair I'll have to give a listen. Yeah, the second question is, what is the happiest moment or happiest moments in your life? There have been two that I can think of. So one of them was my sister's wedding. So she got married in June 2018. Like I was saying before, it was the entirely vegan wedding. And it was just really nice because my family, some of them, so my dad has six sisters. Three of them live in the in London and three of them live abroad. So every time there's a wedding, they always just come down for the wedding. Like regardless of if they've got anything else, they just take time off work and then spend like a few extra days in the UK, which is really nice because I don't see them very often. And the other one was when I went to Budge last summer and well, it was in like summer 2019 and volunteered in India with Project Care, which is one of the trips that I basically just didn't want to leave before I'd even left. I was missing it and I really want to go back. Uh, another person who did Project Care. Um, we're, we're getting... Warwick Project Care, like Hindu socks, Sayo coordinators. We're covering them all. We are not endorsed. If you want to endorse some, is that real? Let us know. Well, there, might, there wasn't a trip this year, and I don't even think there's going to be one next year now. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I imagine there won't be. But yeah, those are the two happiest things I can think of. Awesome. And third and final question this is a question we ask every guest, and that is what has been your most memorable third winning experience? As in just in real life? Yeah. One of my uh, old best friends. She had a boyfriend and she messaged me back in like, she messaged me a few months before Easter being like, I want you to meet him. I want you to meet him. So I was like, sure, fine, whatever. We went into London. He didn't know me very well. And they just kept like kissing and hugging. And I was like, great. Thanks. I'm really enjoying being here. <laughs> that was, that was an experience. Did you go Mildred's? And then we had like, no, <laughs> we went to the science museum. <laughs> That's cute. Science but that yeah, is kind of like a their date, and then you're just there. She was like to me, "I want you to meet him," and I was like, "Okay, fine," because we'd only ever spoken on a group chat. And then we went to the science museum, and I just really wanted to leave very quickly because he kept kissing her and kept hugging her, and I was like, "Okay, that that's my best friend. I'm very happy for you, but also, why?" <laughs> Are they still together? No. Uh, okay. I'm also not. I'm also not friends with her anymore. Oh, uh, bruh. I was going to ask you because you said was my old best friend. <laughs> I was like, right. But that was like a while ago. Beef, so. beef, beef. Yeah, we don't, we don't need to get into that. Yeah, that <laughs> and uh, the next section is like a call out or a nomination. You can uh, nominate one or many people to ideally be a guest on the third wheel in the future. Do you have any people in mind? Mohit Vias and Vinaya Haria. Okay, okay awesome. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll get you to like send them like send us their instagrams or something like that mm-hmm. and then we can like tag them and give them a shout out yeah and yes yeah, being a shout out the last section is a shout so anything you would like to basically tell our listeners about just yeah plug it it's just going to be narrow please join the stamps on register because we can't hold any physical events so it's going to be so hard for us to get people to join there is an online link which i assume will be in the description yeah yeah um so use that to sign up and if you have any questions, message us on Facebook or Instagram or even me, to be fair. But yeah, please join. Yeah, I was going to shout out music, but then I chose not to just so we can make sure the links are basically um, just to all Warwick Mara and Anthony Nolan. So yeah, just go check out. And I think we already put in stuff like hair dye and stuff already in here. So there's no point in me doing another shout out. So just go check out the stuff, become a donor if you can. And yeah. Yeah, why not? Same shout out, whatever they just said. <laughs> <laughs> Warwick Mara, Anthony Nolan, all that, all that stuff. Like. If you haven't signed up by this point, this is the third reminder, yeah? Go fucking sign up. 
and and the um help fear. I I would I'll do the help. I'll put the link. Oh, in wait, the Aaron, I forgot stuff. to add one thing. Please sign up. How about that? I I, you, I forgot oh, to be polite nice the previous link. two times, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, there are a few other appeals which have come out now as well, alongside here for ethnic minorities. One came out like yesterday as well. Okay. So there's just an increasing amount of ethnic minorities who haven't found a match yet. Okay, cool. Yeah, any any you see, um, send it to us, and when we post it, we'll put it in the description. Yeah, remember it's practically no harm to you, and you're probably saving someone's life if not many people life so and you might not even get called up to donate but if you do get called up to donate then you save someone yeah a couple of days of inconvenience for you is nothing compared to saving someone's life think about that and yeah on that note it's been a really good episode we learned quite a lot it's been insane in my very educational episodes so <laughs> yeah if you're new around here make sure you drop us a follow on instagram as we said 200 likes and Aaron will consider <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. i don't know i don't know if that's staying in. if that's staying in, i don't know if it's staying in yeah, go on, you're going to say something? Oh, so he's not considering it. He is going to do it. Like, oh, okay, okay. It might stay uh, in, but just be warned, I'm perfectly fine with lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so drop us a follow. Give us a re- review on, I think, is it Apple Podcast? Yeah, like it on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Have I missed anything, Aaron? I've missed the Just, just wherever. Spotify. Spot- oh, yeah, Spotify. 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 Follow us. Slide into our DMs. Anything. Oh Tell yeah, us. if you want to be a guest and you haven't been shouted out or like something or you just like the idea of it, just literally drop us a note on Third Wheel Account or any of our personal socials and we'll make it happen. Like it's literally that easy. And yeah, and I'm sure Krishna can vouch that the process is pretty simple. Yeah. But yeah, thanks. Thanks again. Yeah, for coming on. Have a good day. See ya. Yeah, see Bye. everyone. Bye. Bye. Turn around in the mist, cause you might see something but fog and allow all the tricks. Girl, I can see nothing but love. You hit and you miss. Go what's up? You spot new red. I'ma call you Ladybug. Turn round in the mist, cause you might see something but fog. And allow all the tricks, girl. I can see nothing but love.